Welcome everybody. Free Trail Friday, we are back. It is a lovely Friday afternoon again. I'm glad you all are joining us from wherever you are in the trail running world. It's uh, going to be a really fun conversation today. I'm having two people here on the program who may be unfamiliar to you, but who I've been talking to a lot recently and who I've grown to really respect and admire. We've got David Callahan and Jen Hughes from UltraSign up here to talk all about the institution that is UltraSign up, the <laughs> present and future of this critically important race registration site and uh, a service that we are all familiar with. David, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, partner in Ultra Sign Up, and Jen Hughes from the Great White North, Alaska, joining us here on Zoom, the managing editor of the new Ultra Sign Up News, the media arm of the company that you may have seen in your inbox or on the internet. We will get to our guests here in just a little bit, as I do every week. I just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, that being Aura. Guys, you've heard me talk about Aura Ring a number of times. I would encourage you to go out and grab this awesome piece of hardware that I always have on my index finger, but that I never, ever notice. It's an amazing product that helps you understand your health, fitness, readiness, of which my readiness has been terrible all week after my inaugural race directing responsibilities at the Gorge Waterfalls weekend, which maybe we'll get into here. Uh, but you guys may have to bear with me. I, I feel like I'm still running on fumes after five days uh, since the event actually transpired. But go grab an aura ring, folks. You can find a link in the description here on the YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast. And uh, you can get six months free subscription with the purchase of a Gen 3 ring if you use that link. Another just couple updates before we get to it. Um, you may have noticed that we put up a highlight video of the 100K race at Gorge just yesterday. Big shout out to Ryan Thrower, our creative guru here, who put together a 20-minute video in record time of all the highlights from race weekend. I think the 50K video is going to go up tomorrow on YouTube. So make sure you check that out, get inspired for your weekend training. And along with that video, we will have podcast conversations going up this weekend with the champions of both the 100K and 50K. So I recorded four interviews yesterday, wow. all good. And David Laney will go up tomorrow. And then Keely Henninger, Ryan Miller will go up on Sunday. So that'll keep you company on what I hope is a productive training weekend for all of you. Um, and finally, before we get to our guests, if you have questions, if you're watching live, if you get in the chat, I'll do my best to monitor the conversation happening in there and pull out the best questions and introduce them into today's conversation. Okay. All that being said, welcome to our guests today. Um, I guess, uh, David and Jen, welcome to the show. I, like I mentioned, um, you, the three of us have all talked on the phone many times at this point, but I'm really happy to have you guys on the show. I think it's the best place to start is just with a broad introduction of both of you. Maybe David, we'll start with you. I think just uh, give a synopsis of your career and how you ended up where you are at Ultra Sign Up. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Um, we appreciate it and honored to be on the show. And uh, yeah, we are going to get into Gorge because I want to. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear what the, the transition is from you know, racer to race director. I, I want to hear all about that. So uh, I'm not going to let you get off the hook without talking about that. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, started my professional career as an attorney, um, practiced in the tax and estate world. So made most of my career arguing with brothers and sisters about their mom and dad's money, which was uh, not a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, it was becoming an increasing part of the practice of law. And so um, probate litigation was, it, it was one of those, I used to say, unfortunately, I was good at it. Like it was, it was one of the things that I, I knew it was a niche that I had, um, but it was exhausting. It, it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, and so I transitioned out of that in the summer of 2019 and, and just started working on some sort of side projects with some of my, some of my friends that, that I had been connected to over the years. And um, in 2019, Jay Kelly, one of the partners in Ultra Sign Up is, is one of those guys. And he had, he was trying to figure out a way to get a fitness app launched sort of in the community. And 
And he and I were chatting about that. And I, I used to do a lot of triathlons before kids came along. And so, you know, that experience of going through the registration process, you know, I don't know, a hundred times to do triathlons. I said, you know, if I were to see this in the registration flow, this would be pretty interesting to me. So mm-hmm. he took that and went off and started talking with some of his race directing friends in uh, East Tennessee. And, and they, the, the message that kept coming back to them was, well, you'd have a really hard time building a registration platform um, and trying to put this inside of it. It's a lot of work, but there's this platform called Ultra Sign Up that you may be familiar with that that they may have some interest in chatting about about this or about other opportunities. And so, you know, pretty quickly the conversation went from like, "Hey, can we start this?" What we thought was this cool fitness app to, "Oh my gosh, like Ultra Sign Up might be." for sale. And, and, you know, we, we might be able to sort of move into that. And so, you know, so the completely unwittingly, we, we became consumed with ultra sign up and trying to figure out a way of, of how we could sort of take over the platform and, and be stewards of it for the future. And so, so Jay and I got passionate about it and really sort of became consumed. And then we talked to three of our other friends that were, that were not athletes, but I guess got swept up in the excitement that Jay and I had for it. And so the five of us, just, you know, just five friends in Nashville um, ended up sort of really pushing hard to try and find a way if there was, you know, if there was an opportunity for us to move into Ultra Sign Up. So, you know, we started talking to Mark, the, the previous owner of Ultra Mark Sign Gilligan, Up the, the founder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, in late 2019, just to really see if there was interest and, and see if it was something we could pull together. And then, you know, we were targeting like a spring 2020 deadline like to, to get the thing closed and we all know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Let's, I want to pick up that, that, you know, where we left off there and go into what you guys saw in it and why you became all consumed. So thanks for that brief introduction, Jen. I want you to also chime in with your personal history and experience professionally and within the sport. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I feel like it's been a journey that kind of leads me to right here, you know, so I have really spent the last 20 plus years that starts to date how old I am, but in the marketing space, both in big corporations and in small businesses and running my own businesses. Um, but, you know, Nordstrom corporate right out of the gate with college, which was really foundational, right? Because of the way that they did marketing from a customer experience perspective and like telling a story and telling a vision. And that was kind of my foundational um, experience. But Around the same time that many of us did, you know, 2010, 2012, I found trail running. And like many of us, it was uh, fell in love pretty hard and pretty fast. And so I was at a moment in my life where I could. So I actually started a trail running apparel company, uh, Run Pretty Far. That was kind of a a Northwest favorite there for a number of years. Um, Small, but we had an amazing time with it. you know, we had we were in small running stores across the country, and we had a regional distribution in REI. So it was it was quite a ride. Um, did that for about four or five years on that entrepreneurial journey, including and then, with my cousin. We should yes, shout out. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dylan! How could I have like missed that? Cassidy. So Cassidy, Dylan's cousin, was my graphic designer and right hand woman. I mean, because that that whole company it was apparel, but what it really was about was you know, I was having this experience with trail running and the journey and the story of it. And I wanted to tell that story basically. And apparel was the most natural thing, um, you know, to tell the story on, but so it was design, it was storytelling and Cassidy was a huge part of that. So, um, yeah, did that for a number of years, but kind of had to do that gut check moment that many small businesses and entrepreneurs do where you kind of look at the ledger balance and look at where you're at with having a small child and a family and go, okay, is this a lifestyle hobby or is this going to set me up for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah. So um, I pivoted back into the, the the corporate marketing space and technology and Microsoft and, you know, a hard turn from, from being my, uh, fun, run pretty far business. But that was also an incredible journey because I really got to take everything from a marketing perspective and then just do it on this, you know, global enterprise level, which gave me a lot of chops in that space. Um, Challenging because you don't get to be as connected to trail running. And it's like during that time, you're just 
trying to keep the flame on as much as possible while, while working in this other field. And then um, over a number of years, making it the dialing it back down. So I was less and less in technology and then setting myself up for some new opportunities. And then that's kind of, it was all the perfect timing when ultra sign up came into the picture. Cool. Well, we'll pick up there. So guys, thanks for that quick introduction. I think the best way to set this up is to make the first part of this a little bit more David heavy and the second part a little bit more Jen heavy, because I think that'll <laughs> help to paint the picture of where Ultra Signup's been and, and really where it's going. So David, I want to sort of pick up where we left off with you. Obviously, you said that you guys became totally consumed with this opportunity that sort of came out of left field that Ultra Signup might be for sale, that you might be able to actually come in and take over what is a totally important, critical service provider in our sport. So talk about the partners that were involved, what drew you to the business and what potential you guys saw in ultra sign up as you started those conversations with Mark. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, Jay Kelly and myself are the two that, you know, that, that some people may know because we've, we've been the two really active partners that, that um, from day one have sort of um, slid in and started to sort of help the business then there's three other partners, um, two of which are my former law partners, um, Vivek Chandra and Jimmy Buley here in Nashville, who don't run unless chased. Um, and that's like, that's totally fine with them and, you know, it's fine with us as well. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're passionate about the opportunity in the business and, and, and really sort of enjoying the journey. And then the, the other one's JJ Rosen, um, who also, uh, like a mean squash player, but that's, that's about like the, the, the width and length of a squash court is about as far as you'll ever catch him running. Um, but he, he, uh, he and I worked together for years. He owns a company called Atiba software in Nashville. It's a custom software company that's been around for 30 years or so in Nashville. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's the five that, that sort of came together, this motley crew of, 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 of guys and, and decided that this was a, an interesting opportunity in a, in a really awesome space. And what drew us to it really was, and I know this is going to sound cliche and everyone says it, but it really was the community. It was the fact that that this platform was built in a way that all the races lived on the platform together, like in harmony, which is, which is to some extent, a little, you know, these races are a little competitive to each other at times and in certain locations, but they're still living on the platform together. And all the racers are on the platform and they're, and they're trying to find their experiences on the platform. And Ultra Signups sits in the middle of that and helps facilitate that transaction. Um, and, and so to us, that was a really interesting model. And when you look at a lot of the other platforms, that, that's not the model they've chosen to build. Um, but, but for us, that really stood out as this is unique. This is something different. And, and this community... Um, comes to this hub to, to find these experiences. And, and at that, at that point, that was enough for us. We didn't really know how deep the community ties went to the platform until we really got into the seat and started talking to people and learning, um, uh, you know, about their relationship with the platform more broadly, but, but that was it. It, it. it was the community. And, and in the spring of 2020, when COVID hit and, and we had to pause the you know the, the acquisition we we were really worried that that the platform wouldn't survive we, we were playing this scenario out in our head that all these racers were going to ask the race directors for refunds the race directors had all already advanced costs for various for shirts for medals for insurance and there wouldn't be money there to pay it and then they would turn around and come to ultra sign up and, and, and ultrasonic wouldn't have had money because it had already been distributed. To the so we were, we were expecting this sort of cataclysmic outcome. Um, and, and, and so we took a step back and we watched and what we saw was about 180 degrees, the opposite. We saw the racers supporting the race directors and we saw the race directors supporting Mark through a really tough time. I mean, it was, it, it was hard for everybody, but it was really um, on on a platform side, the platform wasn't built for a global pandemic. So there were a lot of work that had to be done in short order by Mark. Um, and, and the race directors really supported him through that process. And so we're watching what's happening over here in the trail and ultra running space. And then my background in the triathlon space, I'm watching what's happening over there. 
and there's class action lawsuits against Iron Man and stuff like that, which is a complete, it's a different scenario, but, but the, the, on a macro scale, the reactions in those two verticals were very different. And so around the summer of 2020, we told Mark, all right, let's, let's see if we can keep pushing this thing forward and find a way to make this happen. And ultimately we're able to do that in September. So community is what brought us to it. The community response during COVID is what kept us sort of pushing forward. Um, and, and so you'll hear a lot about community from us throughout this podcast. And, and if I happen to catch you over a beer somewhere, that's that's probably all we'll talk about during yeah. that. I mean, community is the drumbeat, the steady drumbeat that 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 reverberates throughout the ultra sign up team right now. Yeah. So and that's what provided the resilience and durability for the business as the whole event space went through a really trying time for a couple of years. And I want to go into that a little bit later um, and sort of like maybe what you guys have seen as we emerge from COVID. But I guess maybe before we get to that, I think, David, it would be fun to just set the table with a little bit of history for those who are maybe newer to the sport. I don't expect you to know the deep details of the founding story of Ultra Sign Up, but maybe for those who are interested, who didn't even realize that it had been acquired, if you could add any sure. color to the the history of the site, Mark's sort of founding vision and uh, the service that's provided traditionally. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll it back to a long, long time ago where if you wanted to get into a, a race in, in Northern California and you lived anywhere else in the country, you would write a letter to the race director, mail it, ask for an application. They would mail you an application back. You'd fill it out. You'd mail that back with your check. If it was a race that had a lottery, they'd hold that check until you got through the lottery. If you got through, they'd cash it. If it, if you didn't, they'd mail that check back. So, so Mark Mark was from the Northern California region. Uh, was was an avid trail and ultra runner. And was friends with a lot of these race directors um, in, in, in that community, and, and he was a software guy. And so he said, like most entrepreneurs in this space, hey, like. I think I can build you something on my nights and weekends that would allow you to do this online. So, so no, this wasn't like 1970. This was 2009 when yeah. this was. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy to think. Like, it did have I mean, a. I mean, that was right when I was getting into the sport, and it did, I think, support what we've now come to realize was a massive chapter of expansion in the sport. I think ultra sign up and the utility that it provided to keep people inspired, to help them find races, whether close to home or a little bit further afield that, that they could test themselves on. It was actually kind of ahead of its time and has, you know, we, we joke on the calls that we've had together about the bad decisions sometimes that people make when they're on ultra sign up because oh, yeah. maybe they've had a beer or two and they're just scrolling through and they break their credit card out. And the next thing you know, you're signed up for a hundred miler. And yeah, thanks to Mark Gilligan for sort of creating yeah. that phenomenon. Do you know why Mark was ready to sort of step aside at the time that he was again, whatever you're willing to reveal, I just think that the community might be interested to hear you know, when you guys were coming to the table, obviously it takes a buyer and a seller. Maybe what was he looking to do and, and what did he see in your guys' team that made him feel comfortable that you were the right stewards for the next generation? Yeah, so I, I can provide what, what perspective I have. You know, Mark Mark's the, the best person to ask about that. But our perspective was that it started as a as a hobby business that, that he ran on nights and weekends. And then he realized that this thing's growing, the sport's growing. Um, there was a lot of what, what was happening in Northern California became a template for a lot of races across the country. And so the fact that it became uh, a preferred platform in Northern California helped it grow as the sport grew. And then, you know, eventually Mark transitioned out of his day job and this became the full-time job. And then and then the platform just sort of kept growing and growing and growing as the sport grew. And so, it, you know, it reached a point, I think, where, where it just became too much. You know, when Mark took over, you know, when we took over, it was what we affectionately, very affectionately called the Mark and Bill show. It was, it was Mark Gilligan and Bill Carr. And, and there, there were periodic um, interludes of, of, of another person called Summer Walford who would come in and help when, when things got really hectic. Um, but you know, it went from two people to now we're a team of 10. 
And so, you know, two people were keeping ultra sign up alive behind scenes and, and, and that it was just, it was just a lot of work. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. For how big of a platform it is. So maybe this is a good time to kind of talk about, obviously like you came in and expanded the team and I know that you have plans to kind of expand the offering and you have a vision for the, the longer term, maybe talk about what you guys did immediately upon taking control of the platform and anything you want to reveal in terms of interesting things that you have in the hopper or longer term visions for different ways that you'd like to touch the community. Yeah. So, um, one of the first things we did was the, we, we moved the platform from, from a single server up into the cloud, which, which gave us a lot more capability to deal with the spikes. You know, we, we actually, Jay and I had lunch yesterday with, with Laz, like, um, he, he only lives 20 or 30 minutes away from us. So we had lunch with him and, and, you know, it was funny. He, he was telling us about a time where they crashed ultra sign up for two days. And like, to some extent that almost became a badge of honor at some point. And that's just, again, that's the nature of the platform growing and, and like the infrastructure that, that was, um, in place at the time, just not being able to sustain it. So, so one of the first things we did was, was to get on the other side of that and, and move the, move the platform over to a, a, a cloud-based server that could handle load. So January 1st, last year, January 1st was, was a trying year for us. Cause we, we, we weren't sure how it was all going to work out, but I hope everyone noticed January 1st this year, it, it it, it, it just sort of went off without a hitch, which was really nice and refreshing for us. Um, it, it sort of ruins your New Year's Eve when you're on an ultra sign up. I'll just let everyone know that because you're, you're, sort <laughs> you're so worried that the with, yeah. New Year's resolutions so, are going to crash the platform. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then our focus beyond that really over the first year was to do no harm. Like we really were not trying to make major strides in the platform until we understood it a whole lot better, until we understood the community better until we understood the both like the, the director side and the racer side, because, you know, we're the new guys here and we we're learning this stuff as we go. So we spent really the first year trying as best we could. Unfortunately, there's a lot of zoom calls, not in person, like to, to get to know the community um, here in the States around the world. We, we spent a lot of time on, on the phone. Um, and then, Early this fall, toward mid-fall, once we got Jen on board, we actually started doing some really structured customer um, interviews where we, we were going out and doing really dedicated, focused interviews with uh, some of our race directors to better understand what it's like to be a race director, what it's, what it's like to use our platform, what are the struggles, what are the pain points. And, and we've taken that research, and we're now using that to develop the near-term roadmap, the midterm and the long term, um, and a lot of the near term stuff is just it, it's just like can you make can you make it a little bit more intuitive? Can can you move buttons around? Can you make it easier to navigate around? Um, some of the longer term ones are, are 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 bigger bigger projects. Like can can we have a refresh? Can we can the site look a, a little bit different? Can the mobile experience be better? Um, and so th- those are some bigger lifts. Those are some bigger projects, um, gift cards, things like that, that, that we're, you know, working to bring to the platform and then the long-term stuff. And Jen, Jen may cut my microphone off if she can, <laughs> she's probably trying to figure out how to do it, but you know, the longer term stuff is, and I'm like, we don't wear aluminum foil hats, but like, there is this web three future that's coming. There is this push towards, um, sort of community participation, community ownership, returning part of this to the community. And so we are spending a lot of time digging into that area. And and we're fortunate. Our sport has a very analog version of that in REI. And REI is a very successful cooperative business model. And, And Web3 is essentially that in a, in a digital way. And so we're, we're leaning very heavily into figuring out what the future could look like for the outdoor economy, not just ultra sign up, but the outdoor economy as a whole with the tools and the, and the, the new capabilities that exist in a web three world. So that's the long-term future is, is like, like the next 10 to 15 years, how does ultra sign up participate and, and help usher in that future of the web? 
Awesome. I think that's the first reference to Web3 on the podcast. So, uh, well, and this, this is my favorite thing about David. Is that you start slow with a drawl and you just kind of wait for it. And then the ideas start coming yeah. and you're like, okay, wait, hold back now. Yeah. Stop the fire hose. That's why I've had such a fun time interacting with him offline or I guess a, in a non-recorded context recently. And yeah, I know there's a lot of fun and big plans and that it's not just a, a matter of taking over a business that has been successful in a niche community and just sort of letting it play on autopilot. But you guys have a lot of fun plans in the hopper. And I think it's a good time to start moving towards bringing Jen into the conversation. You've been waiting super patiently, but maybe I'll let David tee this up and then open it up to you, Jen. Obviously, David, one of the things that sticks out, excuse me, in my mind in our conversations was you sort of making the comment that historically ultra signup had been sort of a passive community member and that you felt like it really, you wanted it to be more proactively engaged in the conversation and in the community. And so you've sort of enlisted Jen and a team to start a sort of media business. So maybe talk a little bit about where that realization came for you as to the potential you saw to be more proactively engaged and what steps you took to sort of bring Jen onto the team. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we felt like inside our ecosystem that there were so many stories to be told that there's so much that's happening. And, and we, we hear about it all the time from race directors, we hear about it from racers. We see it inside our own platform and the data that we have access to. And so we felt like we were in a unique position that, that no other sort of media company that existed at the time could have access to. And, and so we felt that there was a real opportunity for us to, to put together a team that could help craft those stories and, and help bring that to the community in, in a way that, that was different than some of the models that are out there now. And, and Jen can talk through sort of our foundational vision for for how we how we're going to set up the media company how we treat the creators things of that sort um and and you know we we also saw that that, that we needed to adopt a crawl walk run philosophy with the media side of the house which was let, let's do things that we can do right now right out of the gate and do it really well now when i say right out of the gate jen and, and ben yardley who's the publisher for the media company started like early fall. And y'all may have noticed that your first newsletter didn't arrive until, I don't know, mid-January. So it was right out of the gates, a relative term. Um, it took a lot of planning, a lot of work to, to lead with that newsletter. And, and the future vision for Ultra Sign Up is that, is that that newsletter eventually will lead into, you know, um, additional media opportunities like podcast and video and things of that sort. Um, and, and, and the media company is going to be a, a very integral part to what the future that Jen's building um, uh, in, inside the community platform side of Ultra Sign Up. There, there's a, and so I don't want to tease it all away from what Jen's going to talk about. She's, <laughs> she's got her note cards ready and she's ready to wow y'all. But, but um, yeah, we were, we were thrilled to get the opportunity to bring um, Ben Yardley on Jen Hughes, and then also Susan Kendrick, um, who's in Wisconsin, um, to, to help really spearhead that media side of the company. And, and they get all the credit in the world for it. I mean, Jay and I, we, we get the newsletter about the same time everybody else does. We, we see the stories that Jen has been diligently working on and that, that Ben and, and Susan have been sort of collaborating on. And, and we're as amazed at, at, as everybody else who's kind of come. I hope everyone's amazed. I'm amazed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it been great. Through, so it's been really great. So Jen, thanks for uh, letting David sort of set up uh, this new sort of uh, trajectory that ultra sign up is on from a business perspective. And I think he did a great job of setting up the conversation of where it's headed. So maybe expand on what he said, at what point did you sort of come into the picture? What potential did you see in this business? What got you excited about coming on board at ultra sign up and leading the media and content side of the things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a multi-step. I think the first was talking with Ben and really realizing for myself how much passion I still had about this topic. Um, how many stories I felt like I wanted to share and really give voice to the runners in the community and, and find ways to kind of, um, 
So for me, it's always been like, okay, there's gear and there's training and there's racing and that's all really important. But what inspires me is the heart of trail running that sits right underneath that. And so when I started talking to Ben and then David and Jay, and I realized that they were on board with that, with finding ways to share that, that golden goodness, that's just kind of underneath the frill layer. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of what first drew me to the project. Um, and then also, you know, like other people in the community talking to David and Jay and saying, okay, who are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you all about? What do you want to do with this company? And, you know, a couple good long conversations and I had buy-in and I had trust just from talking to the two of them that their intentions were in the right place. So that's what got me excited initially about coming over, but then it's just been, um, it's been a journey from there. I think a couple immediate things were an aha for me that yes, I have a vision about what trail running is, but it really is not about my vision. It's about finding a way to facilitate the community's vision. Um, A really great example, I mean, this is a short one, but a great example is right when the Ukraine conflict was starting, you know, Sunday night, I'm working on the newsletter and I'm trying to think, okay, what do do we say, ultra sign up? What do we not say? Do Do we not say anything? Do we avoid it? Do we mention it? So I'm like, trying to come up with this crate thing. And I picked some art from Ukraine and I shared it with Ben and David and Jay in the morning. And, uh, and David actually (laughs) said, well, what about, what about instead of kind of us making a statement, if we find a way to, to say how runners are feeling about this, like Mm. find posts from how runners are processing it. And, you know, having stayed up late, I'm like, Oh, I got to redo everything. But what really happened was it clicked so strongly for me that on a weekly basis, this is not about my point of view. This is not about ultra signups point of view. This is about sharing a platform for the great stuff that's happening in the community and giving life to those conversations and those events. So um, that really shifted it for me and inspires me so much more every day. Um, and then I would say the other really big piece of it, as we think about the business and the industry, is what we have is an opportunity with the marketplace. So I really think about um, Etsy and Airbnb all the time. And I think about that individual creator that's making, you know, amazing letterpress cards or is renting out their mother-in-law and they're making an entire business and, um, you know, income out of that. But they're not going to, no one's going to find them if the people aren't coming there. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I can create an ecosystem where people feel like they're part of it and they love what we're putting out and they come on the platform and then they find your, your race is not a small race, but a small race. And then they sign up and they're happy. And like the cycle of happy keeps going. That's, that's what really inspires me because I think um, we actually have a chance to impact some of the, the big corporate moves that we're seeing in the space. Yeah. Cool. Dylan, so Dylan, can I jump in please. for just one minute? Yeah, go ahead. I want to, you know, I want to give you all a little bit of insight into something that Jen just said that maybe passed over everybody else, but, but Jen touched on an internal word that we use all the time that we're trying to more proactively push externally, which is that our race directors are, are not just race. They're, they are creators. And so internally, as we talk about our race directors, we talk about them as creators. Wow. And we talk about our racers as enthusiasts. Like the, the, that's the terminology that's used inside internally with, with ultra signup. And, and cause, cause, cause with gorge for, for, for you, Dylan, like that, anyone can go run that trail anytime they want to. It, it's available. It's, it's there. It's, it's part of the earth. It's the, the you know, what, what they are, paying that registration fee is for the creation that you put on and around that trail. Wow. And, and so we, we use the term creator and, and we try to think in that fashion um, intentionally every day when we're, we're making decisions, when we're thinking about new tools, new services, it's how can we better help our creators make better creations and how can we get the enthusiasts connected with the right creations? Yeah. So. Wow. That's a, an interesting psychological yeah, reframing, isn't it? Creators and enthusiasts, and it's almost like artists and fans, isn't it? Because then if you think of a company like Aravipa, for example, big creative brand it becomes, right? And the, the people who travel around to the different Aravipa races could be seen as sort of like roadies for a band or an artist, right? Like the type of people who 
our enthusiasts for the creators. I love that. So Jen, back to you. Talk a little bit about the structure of the media side. Obviously, we've mentioned Ben's name a couple of times. I can't remember the third name David just mentioned, but maybe talk about how you guys are working together and who takes care of what responsibilities. Yeah. So Ben um, comes from the publishing industry with Trailrunner, Rock and Ice, and Outside Media Groups. So he has deep chops in that. And he has really been handling the technical integration side of things, which is a huge beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David mentioned we spent all fall getting this ready. And, um, you know, as you know, it looks seamless on the outside, but there's a lot of technical behind the scenes. So the email service provider, all that stuff, he really manages that so that I'm not spending much time thinking about it. I can focus on content. He's also really driven on the analytics side of things and just constant improvement. So I love that about Ben. He gets really passionate about um, letting contributors and creators, you know, he wants to set up the platform so that they can share and just kind of do the behind the scenes work to support that. And then Susan's working on our brand partnerships because, um, you know, brands are are a huge piece of this, right? Um, There's the the creators that we just talked about, and then there's the enthusiast, and then we all need shoes. So brands, brands are a part of it. Yeah. She's working on some really creative ways to bring brands into the picture um, in a way that adds value and is fun for all parties involved. All right. Well, let's get to that in a second, because I was going to ask about the monetization of the media side of things. But first, you know, talking about David mentioned the the crawl, walk, run approach that you're taking. The newsletter has been the first offering on the media and content side that you guys have brought to market. Jen, maybe talk about the creative process of bringing the newsletter into existence and why you guys decided to start there rather than a podcast or some other media offering. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Podcast seems so hard. (laughs) It's so fun. So many many variables (laughs) that you can't control. David and I were just talking about this. At least with the weekly news, I can, you know, re-edit it and re-edit it. Um, No, I think it was the natural because we we do have the signups. We have the email list, right? From over a decade plus 12 years in the business. But the key there was as we made this shift from being a registration company where you pass through, you sign up, you feel great about it, but we haven't had a relationship yet, right? Um, As we started to go out is really being mindful and careful about that. So that's what's been top of mind for me as we took those first baby steps with the weekly news is to make sure that hopefully it was clear um, that this isn't a company sending you an email all of a sudden, right? I'm just, I'm a human. I'm a person on the other side of this. And I want to send an email that hopefully at the end of that, um, maybe you read an original story, you get inspired, you learn something that you didn't know, but also providing that value of rounding up everything else that's happening in the sport that week. You know, I'm going to reach out to I Run Far and Trail Runner and Ultra Running Magazine, and I'm going to see, oh my gosh, what's the best stuff that they did this week so I can put it all in one place. So that when you open it, you've, you've got it all right there for you. Something new, the best of the web. Um, and really just to make everyone feel included, like big tent, you know, whether you just started trail running and you're super stoked and you know who the top of the top is and who's winning every race or whether you haven't raced in five years and you're kind of only tangentially in it at the moment. But when you open that, you feel part of it. You feel yeah. part of the community. That's huge to me. I mean, I have my husband read it every week to make sure that I'm not using like inside jokes that only a few people would get, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that, it matters. I want everyone to feel like they're part of it. Yeah. We're in it together. I'm so happy you said that about Iron Far and Trail Runner. And <laughs> I think it sort of touches on something that I'm really passionate about and that being that this should be a positive something because yeah. obviously it could be seen as ultra sign up is in competition with free trail or with I run far or with trail runner, but really we all depend on our sport moving forward in a really healthy way. And if we can do things that amplify the voice of I run far or trail runner. It's not only good for them, but it's also good for ultra sign up. It's good for free trail and we can all be friends in a big tent. So uh, that's my favorite part of it is finding good stuff and, and, you know, reading them with that eye of like, is this interesting to everybody? I think so. I hope so. (laughs) You know, and like, okay, I shared Dylan two weeks ago, like who's, you know, what's happening (laughs) over here and trying to like spread the love a little. Yeah, it's great. So talk a little bit about the structure of the letter. I know there's some curated content, there's some original content. I know you have 
some sort of consistent contributors, including our good friend, Corinne Malcolm, a co-host of the Trail Society podcast and one of the great minds in the sport. So maybe talk about the balance of the curated content versus original content and, and maybe what uh, your vision is for including voices in your on your guys' platform. Yeah. I think sharing new voices and new perspectives was a big piece of the original content, um, as well as going back to what I started with of, for me, always wanting to tell stories that share the heart of trail running, right? So I don't think actually yet we've done a story on an elite runner, although that's about to change. And that's not, that's not to put it in labels and categories of elite versus every day, but just the idea being that past the podium, there's so much depth um, in the sport and really inspiring stories that we wanted to share. I think one of our very first original stories was came out of the keep trail running weird award series that we did at the end of the year. And this is a great example of using the ultra sign up data, right. And we're trying to figure out, okay, who ran the most races this year. Um, and the person that came up was someone that I had never heard of. Her name was Jamila. I don't want to try to butcher her, her last name. (laughs) We'll call her Jamila because we're on a first name basis, but, um, she's a woman that lives down South. She has, you know, six kids. She has three jobs. She works at the waffle house. And it's like, what are you talking about? Awesome. Ran more ultras than anyone else in the country. Like we need to know more. So cool. And so that was one of the first original stories we wanted to do. And she's incredible. I mean, she works, around the clock she'll get off at like midnight gets in her car drives across the country to utah realizes she forgot her running shoes she'll run a hundred mile in flip-flops like it's no big <laughs> deal um and then she'll just you know drive home and go back to work so those kind of stories are so galvanizing um you know they make us all we're just we're able to touch the core of it so i love sharing those kind of stories for sure um But also just, again, realizing that like my vision is just one piece of this. So Mm -hmm. really what is going to be of interest to the broader audience? And there's so many different ways to go into that, that middle ground. Yeah. Cool. So original content for sure, because it gives new writers, new contributors, new voices, um, a way to share, but I love the curated too. Yeah. Are you guys looking for contributors? Like, should we point anybody towards your personal email with uh, original content to be included or is that I mean the only reason I smile like that is it's a struggle to stay on top of the response time so (laughs) just don't get mad if it takes me a week or something to respond but um, the amazing thing the way we've set up the weekly news is anyone can actually just hit reply and reach out and every week I get some people that have positive things to say and some people that aren't crazy about. Yep. <laughs> so you take the good. So do I. It's just part of it. And I appreciate all the feedback. So. Yeah. Well, you guys have been doing a great job so far. So going back to kind of the business side of media, as you said, you guys have this catalog of email addresses from all the people who have run ultras using your platform over the last decade. I don't think you've monetized it yet, but obviously I'm sure there are brands and partners who would potentially want to be featured on your platform or be, you know, included or amplified using your microphone. What are the plans on the media side of things in terms of monetization? I've come to learn, you know, just how sensitive you need to be about that and how tough it can sometimes be, especially because like there are people working around the clock on this and you need to pay people salaries. So this is kind of open to both of you, but what are the plans for the business side of the media operation at Ultra Sign Up? David, is that you? No. Or sure, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm happy to take it. Um, you know, we, we often joke that we're like a 12-year-old startup. And so we, we run with a very startup mentality. And um, yeah, I think there may be a perception from the outside that Ultra Signup has almost endless budget to do things. But I mean, we're... It's because you're a tech company. This. It's like, <laughs> are you guys doing a SPAC anytime soon? Or are you working yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. We did one last unicorn? week. Unicorn? We another yeah. one tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there's, you know, we're, we're bootstrapping just like everybody else. and 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 so we have... You know, we've got we've got 
people that we've added to the team and and we've got big visions for where the future goes. And so right now the, the website's monetized essentially through registrations. And for us to get to this next future, for us to bring all these new community tools that we see and to, for us to bring the full capability of the media side that we see, you know, we brands will be a part of that. that that's just, that's just the necessary outcome. Um, what we've, you know, what we continue to come back to as a team is is that we want brands to participate in this in this ecosystem in an authentic way. And if they're going to be here, we want them to bring value to either the creators that they're working with or the enthusiasts that they're trying to get in touch with. And so um, we we could have slapped banners all over the newsletter right out of the gate. We could have it could be all over ultra sign up and, and, and we would be moving out of the bootstrapping phase pretty quickly that, that it, the but that's just not that's not the vision we have and that's not the relationship we want to have with brands and with the community and so you're going to see a lot of things um coming out in the next year or so where we're trying to bring brands in in authentic ways like um in-person events for example we did an in-person event in boulder last year just as a test just to see if if we reach out through our email list could we get people to show up for an event in boulder that was supported by solomon it was at a local running store. We brought our race directors in so that they could meet. And, and we just had a, you know, we just had a morning run on a Saturday and, and a Q&A after that. And, and so that became the template for what we're going to be rolling out more broadly across the country. But, but that's one way that we felt like brands could bring real value to an interaction. They could help us bring race directors together. They could help us bring runners together um, in an authentic way. Uh, w- one other thing that you'll see if, if you register for a 50K in the next six months, you'll see um, what we're calling a registration to race day email, which is brands are going to be helping us create content to deliver to racers at, from the time that they register to the time that they show up to the race. Because we have one of our one of our goals is to do what we can to help racers show up to that race happy, healthy, and ready to race. And we know that our creators are already busy with everything else that they're doing. And they they would love to do that as well. But there's so much time and so much resources that are available to them. And so we, over the next six months, we're going to be sort of in a beta, beta test with our first 50K registration to race day email flow, where, where brands are going for, for them to be participating in that. They have to be bringing real value to that that email flow so that people can can get benefit out of it and hopefully can show up to race day, happy, healthy, and ready to race. What a great so. idea. Jen, anything to add there on the business side of the media front? Yeah. I mean, I think you will see, like David was saying, you know, brands start to be integrated even in the weekly news. But for me, it's Ben and I have this great push pull because he does come from more of an advertising perspective. And I mean, I'm not anti-brand. I love brands. <laughs> it's just more about changing the way we do it. Um, from a customer experience perspective, right? So if the brand's going to sit in the middle of the email, that's great. I just don't want it to be an ad slapped in the middle. I want it to be something that as you pause and read that part, you're like, oh, that's really helpful. I didn't know that about these socks or yeah, I'm looking for this nutrition, just value. That's it. As long as it's positive interaction uh, and experience and adds value, then I'm all in. So, um, you know, David mentioned some other things that are coming in regard to community tools and platform. And I think there's some really nice ways to have Q&As and discussions with brands. I mean, we all want to learn about these products and buy them. We just don't want to be slapped with banner ads from my perspective. Yeah. David, I love what you said about making sure that people show up happy, healthy, and ready to race. And I think Ultra Sign Up can have a huge influence on that becoming a reality for more and more runners over time, because you do have this relationship with them. You do know their history at certain events and yeah, you have sort of a personal touch point and uh, can join them in that entire journey from registration to race day. So um, back to the data, you guys obviously are sitting on a, a lot of data compiled over the biggest period of growth in ultras history. You also had a front row seat to the pandemic and how that impacted the events business and how races are now bouncing back after a really tough period. Can you give us any insight into sort of the supply and demand sides of the event business right now? What are you guys seeing in the data about participation? Maybe this is better for you, David. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we came into the business really in COVID winter, we, September of 2020. We, we certainly weren't out of it. We, we, um, 
heading into January of 2021, we're still very uncertain about where the spring was going to go. And then we had wildfires. I mean, it was, it was a fits and starts kind of 2021 in all regards. Um, 2022, you know, from a, from a registration standpoint, January 1st, 2022 is the largest registration day in the history of trail running. The month of January was the largest month um, in, in the history of trail running, the first quarter of 2022 has, has also been the biggest quarter. So, so things are coming back. Um, now what we are seeing is that the, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on with gas prices, what's going on with inflation in the past few weeks has had a little bit of a, a little bit of a sort of pullback, a little bit of a dampening as people I think are waiting to see our gas price is going to come down. Is airfare going to stay this high? I, I was so just looking this, at plane tickets yesterday. And I was like, wow, same with rental cars. It's very hard to travel right now. And so 75% of the outdoor industry is travel that, that, that the outdoor economy, 75% of it is travel. And so we, we're not immune to that. As, as wonderful as these creations are and these experiences are, we're totally, we're, we're totally subject to those external macro influences. And so April, the beginning of April, has started to pick back up again, but we're monitoring that. We're talking to our race directors about it. And, and what we're really excited about, we, you know, there's no lever we can pull right now to help a, a race director who's, who's not filling up their race right now. But what it's doing is it's giving us the opportunity to discuss which levers we have behind the curtains at Ultra Sign Up that we can use in the future to help them. And so, you know, we the 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 newsletter, targeted email reach, things like that um, are are all things that we're discussing constantly internally on the team to to see what we can do to help creators help themselves. That that's a that's a constant focus for us. Is and and. And so monitoring those those movements up and down is, is really important to us and we keep our we keep our eye on it. So but all in all, I'm on on par. Uh, the, the sport's coming back. It's 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 ahead of where it was in 2019, which was the previous high water mark. Uh, and so I think that, you know, we're, we're going to keep seeing that growth. We're going to, you know, as, as long as my, my call to action to the community is is to continue to support each other. New creators um, need mentors. There's a reason that Dylan didn't come out and put on a race <laughs> by himself. I mean, that's, and so if you're an experienced creator, like help, help fold somebody under your wing and help them with their first race, bring them on as a co-race director. That, that that's going to take, that, that's what's going to be required for us to continue to have the growth, the sustainable, authentic growth that we see in the sport. So lovely. Mm -hmm. That was that so, was my lead. That was my lead into now. In the last eight minutes, I want to hear about Gorge. Yeah. So. Well. All right. So this is a good place to start winding down. So I'll set up a question, then maybe we can go into go into Gorge from there. So you know, obviously, you've referenced your race directors, your creators, as you've called them a number of times. That is your core customer, and I have come to recognize these human beings are heroes. After my first experience as a race director over the weekend, um, but. Much of, as a longtime Ultra Sign Up user, uh, from a registration perspective, a lot of like the tools that are available to race directors aren't necessarily visible to the demand side of the transaction, right? So maybe for those who are unfamiliar, who may be thinking about starting a race, why should they host it with Ultra Sign Up? Like, what tools do you guys provide? What's your unique differentiator there? Yeah, so the the. Uh as much as I'd want to say our tools are, are significantly different than every other platform, um, they're, 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 they're probably not. The, the, the secret sauce, the differentiator is that the community is here. And so when we were doing our structured interviews through the fall, the, the message we kept hearing from our race directors is I, I could go to another platform and I could set up my, my event there, but then I have to get everyone to go over there to register. Mm -hmm. They say, I, I, I use ultra sign up because that's where the runners are. And, and we don't take that for granted that, that that's why you hear us talk so much about what additional value can we bring to the community. So you know, the, there's an arms war between the registration platforms to, to create tools and features. And that, and so from a functionality, I mean, we've got the wait list, we've got the timing software, we've got, you know, credits, we've got the results, we've got, we've got live event tracking. So we've, we've got the bells and whistles that everyone has, but, but what we have that no other platform has is 
this is where the runners are. Mm -hmm. And if, if you want help with the hardest part of, of running a, an event, which is how do I get people there? Ultra signups, a, a great place to help you get started. Um, as long as you have good pictures, really good description, like answer all the questions. You don't want people landing on your event page and not being able to, in that moment in time, one, feel passionate about the experience and two, get their questions answered. Yeah. Um, and so if you really want to leverage the capability in the community of ultra signup, you know, have, have a complete listening, have a really, really good listening, have really good photographs, um, a really compelling story. Why should they, why should they spend their hundred dollars at your event versus somebody else's? Um, yeah. So, well, I can speak for myself and for Gorge Waterfalls. We were very happy to work with you guys when we needed help with certain things. You were always available and, yeah, of course, the results were updated kind of in real time on the platform. And uh, we can sort of see where everybody stacked up. And it was a, a great, fun, fulfilling first experience as a race director. And you guys certainly made it a little bit easier. So um, oh, we're thrilled to hear that. All right. Now I get to ask. Harder <laughs> to run 100K or harder to race direct 100k it's so much harder to race direct man not even close i feel i'm still a complete basket case at this point after i mean i my main responsibilities aside from like chasing some of the leaders around was just emceeing the finish line and so i've tried to be as quiet <laughs> as it possible for the last few days and not speak. But of course that's always hard for me, especially when I live in a house filled with microphones now. So, <laughs> but it was such a joy, just like absolute peak life experience to be able to greet every single runner as they came over the finish line. And I made a point to ask every single person where they were from. And it created just this really fun sort of theme throughout the weekend of, Oh, there's a lot of obviously like Portland and Seattle, but then there was, you know, somebody who had just flown in from India. We had someone from France. Wow. We had a Scottish guy. We had people from Columbus, Ohio, from the South, from Southern California. It was just absolute thrill and joy for me. So it was great. So maybe in closing, guys, let's talk about something that we're excited about for the sport. Like, is there anything that you guys are seeing uh, on your end that makes you particularly optimistic about this moment that we're at in the history of trail running and maybe any other uh, sort of closing comments as we wind down for the week? Jen, maybe we'll start with you. I think what makes me excited is what you just basically articulated, right? On the race director side, how much energy and stoke you got from connecting with all of those runners. And it was the same for those runners. You know, they got to tap into that. And I think more than ever, more than ever in our culture, we need that. We need to have those shared experiences together. Trail running has always been a vehicle to provide that. And, and what I get to do right now, I get to take that energy that you felt this weekend and bring it into a newsletter every Tuesday morning and just keep all that goodness flowing. You know, it's like the weekend's not over. It's still here. Yay. Um, and that sounds really simple, but it's, it's much more meaningful than just that, right? It's, yeah. it's what we all need and we're trying to tap into. So I love that. And then if it has the double impact of growing the the broader ultra sign of ecosystem so that we can keep supporting these creators and their races and enthusiasts trying to find the races and we're just continuing that cycle, then amen. What a great job. Beautiful. You just reminded me that we need to include where people can sign up for the newsletter just in case they're not on the oh, listserv. Yeah news.ultrasignup.com. It's right there. Big sign up. Perfect. Or just email Jen and she'll take care of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Content ideas, story pitches, <laughs> feedback. I want all the emails. <laughs> yeah. David, you're up. Close us down with something you're optimistic about. Yeah. I'm really enjoying watching the evolution of these backyard ultras. I think back the backyard ultra is going to become a new entry point for a lot of people into this sport. And I'm really excited to see that potential because you have the capability in that one race to have people run one yard or run 80 plus yards like Harvey. I mean, it's, it, it, it's such a unique experience and, and we're really excited to see how that evolves in the next several years because it's, can be intimidating for people to think about going to a 50 K as their first race. A lot of our race directors have shorter distances in their races, but there's, there's, you know, there's something unique about that backyard structure that lets people 
well, if I'm feeling good that day, I can keep going. I can keep going. I can keep going. So it's either the, the marrying of that sort of timed racing that we've seen before um, with with the the backyard structure, I think is something I'm interested to watch race directors grab a hold of and evolve on. So. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, guys, this has been an absolute joy. I'm really happy that, you know, we can put a face and a voice and a name to ultra sign up. And you guys have been a joy to interact with in the non-recorded context and the zoom calls and the emails that we've bounced back and forth. You guys have been enormously supportive and I don't know, provided a lot of encouragement to me and what we're doing with free trail. And it's something that I definitely appreciate. So big fan of what the future holds for the future of ultra sign up. Thanks everybody for listening and, and watching to watching us live for David and Jen. I'm Dylan Bowman. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend out on the trail. See you soon. <laughs>